If you like reading things and those things to be interesting, make sure you check out the TTR blog somewhere down below. And while you're at it, follow me on Twitter, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm posting there regularly now. So, yeah, let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Tired to Retired podcast, otherwise known as the TTR podcast. I'm your host, Christian Arazo, and if you don't know me, I'm an 18-year-old college student at FAU, and I say I have a niche, but I just talk about things I like to talk about, and those things happen to be business and self-improvement, so here we are. With that being said, I hope you've all had a great week filled with many blessings and many memories, and hopefully, with the advice given in this episode, you'll have an even better one this week. Today, we are going to be talking about something that I'm very passionate about. It's about goals and the conventional way of setting them and why I think people shouldn't do it at all. If this is your first time hearing me on the last episode, last week on on the TTR podcast, we talked about subtle manipulation and why I thought it should be normalized. And But before you do that, make sure you listen here. And if you can, at the end, just please leave a review, good or bad. Just It's what gets me up on the search results and things like that. So yeah, that's the only thing I ask. I do these for free. I'm not selling you anything. But yeah, let's get into it. Now, the reason that I made this the topic of the episode for this week's is one, because I didn't really have anything more to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But really, it's it's because I think society doesn't have enough go-getters. It doesn't have enough people that achieve their goals. And I think it's because of the way we're... I think it's because of the way we treat them. I think it's because of the way that we form them. And the reason why the way we form them is so wrong is because we externalize them into some sort of larger-than-life outcome. Now, let me explain what I mean. I just had to re-record this section of the audio because I burped, and I'm really annoyed because I went on for like four minutes, but whatever. Okay, point is, when I was fat, yes, I'm talking about it again. I'm going to milk the shit out of it. I don't care. I lost 100 pounds, bitch. (laughs) I'm playing. My point is, when I was 300 pounds, I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about back then, and I guess I didn't really notice until now that my battle with myself was not really about the weight. It was not really about the man titties or whatever. It was because of who I thought I should be, where I thought I should be, where I wanted to be. The reason why I was so depressed and ultimately, if you read last week's newsletter, suicidal was because I was stuck in this like cycle of hating myself for not being where I want to be and then comforting myself with food and porn, which made the cycle continue. And I think it's important for me to use this example because it's sort of the extreme case of what happens. But ultimately, I think that Goals at the end of the day are really formed off of where we want to be. Like back then, if you asked me if I had a goal, yes, I had a goal and it was to be fucking skinny, but I obviously wasn't doing anything towards it. And so you could say the difference between someone that like me who just 
wanted to be skinny but wasn't doing anything and another person that wanted to be skinny and actually did it is you know their follow through and their discipline but what if it's something else i think it's the goals themselves and so now any of you listening to this i'm sure you have goals of of yourself you have places that you want to be and you want to go think about them for a second think about what would happen what would happen if you achieve that goal now if you want to lose weight what happens if you do lose 30 pounds? You, what happens if you do lose the 30 pounds that you've been trying to lose for the past three years? Is that it? Are you done with your progress or do the goals shift? Now it's not 30 pounds lost. Now you want to gain 10 pounds. And then after that, you want to get your deadlift to 350. And then after that, you want to lose another 20 pounds. All this... What's that taken? Three and a half years? Are you ever happy? Are you ever content with your life? Are you at any point satisfied with who you are right now? And so this here, ladies and gentlemen, is where I'm getting at. This is the problem that I see with conventional goals and why I think we as a a society, as people, should stop setting them. Because the precedent behind setting the goal is who we want to be. It's this outcome, this larger-than-life outcome, this virtue that we want from ourselves, but it's not us now. And we have this idea that because we're unhappy now, if we just do this thing, then we will finally be happy. We believe that just by losing an extra 30 pounds, we're going to stop seeing the worst of ourselves in the mirror we're gonna stop being anxious around other people in public we're gonna stop being so overcritical over our diet we just think we're gonna be happy after and by putting the goalposts so far in the future you're essentially belittling yourself you are forever in competition with yourself and you're glorifying that future person but you're belittling your present So what's the alternative, Christian? What the fuck else am I supposed to do? My life sucks. How the else, how the fuck else am I going to fix it? Well, I like to do things that give you more control. I think we in life don't have control over many things because of external events. But as much of it that we can control, the more of it is in our power to change and to have an influence of and the way to do this and a sort of you know achieving things you want to achieve kind of thing it's what i call the vision board and i call it that corny ass name just so that it has something but really in this essentially what it is it's setting your habits now Basically, instead of romanticizing an outcome, you focus on what you can do in the present. And so instead of saying, I want six-pack abs, more so kind of think of like, I am somebody with six-pack abs. And therefore, how would somebody with six-pack abs act? And therefore, the next time that you're at a dinner and you have the choice between something that's a little healthier and some leaner and another thing that's tastier and more appealing, but it's fatter, you can think, how does someone with six-pack abs act? Are they going to get the leaner option or are they going to get the fattier option? 
and this is a subtle little psychological trick, but by doing this sort of thing, little by little, by exhibiting these habits, your identity starts becoming that of that person. And it's only a matter of time before by shifting your identity and your habits, focusing on what you can control at the present moment, you will eventually get to that point. But that's just your identity. It's not what makes you fulfilled. You are happy either way, but you'll get there anyways. Think of goals as the destination and the habits as the journey. Now, would you rather live your life salivating over the finish line and looking at it and wishing one day you can cross it, or are you just going to run? Are you just going to do it? This is not to say that you can't reach the things that you want to do the normal way, the conventional way through goals. I did it myself with the 300 pounds, as you know, but honestly, a couple of years ago, even after I lost the weight, I was probably more depressed than I was back then. And so that's really what I'm talking about, that if you are focusing on the outcome and to be happy, I got that outcome and I was even worse off than before. So I would have wished that I would have just focused on the habits and the journey. And that's what I'm doing now. And so that's why I advise all of you to do. And something that I do that helps facilitate this process is, I don't know if I already said it, but it's called the vision board. It's basically a prompt that I have in my Notion. I don't know if any of you know what Notion is. It's basically an app where it's like either a note-taking app, but then you can also create stuff. Through. I'm not here to promote that shit. Basically, Notion, if you know it, you know it, but whatever. It's this thing that I have on Notion and it's the vision board. It's what is the vision for my life? And it's basically what I picture my lifestyle being in 10 years time. And I wrote it in, excuse me, I wrote it in present tense. I wrote it as if it was my life now. And it's something that really helps me. So I thought I'd share it and hopefully inspire you guys to do the same. So it reads, I'm a family man. My wife, three kids, and God are the most important things to me. My lifestyle revolves around the physical, mental, and emotional well-being of me and my family. This means routine physical activity, healthy eating, habitual meditation, endorsement in our creativity, therapy, and so forth. I'm an entrepreneur with several online businesses, but mostly put put time towards the online education one. I have plenty other self-running businesses, such as marketing and social media agencies. However, my passion and appreciation for teaching and helping others has been my biggest priority of them all. I'm doing this not just out of the lucrativity. I already retired young, but more because of the fulfillment and joy that embracing others brings to me. As I said before, I have a wife and three kids who make who make up my biggest reminders of gratitude and I put the most effort to. I'm very grateful to raise my kids with the ability to withstand adversity, spirituality, and egoless to learn and humility in retrospect. My talent in getting people to trust me is integral to my pathways to communal success and my benevolence and constant love is a beacon for my family as I try my best to do the same for the world. Nature, 
Quality time with my wife and kids and creativity are things I truly enjoy. While doing so, I cultivate my values of honesty and respect, things I hold true to me. Now, this is really, really long, but I'm not going to read all of it. But I guess you can get the gist. I talk about my life as if it were now. It's the present life. And as I go throughout the day and I am at task with the choice do this or do this, do this good thing, do this bad thing. I think about that guy and I I think about Christian and that's me and I don't act this way. I don't choose the bad route. So I'm going to do the good route. It's something that I did to, I do to write all my newsletters. It's what I did to record this very episode. I could have slacked off, but that's not me. That's not Christian. But yeah, that's really all I have in terms of the meat parts of the podcast episode today as i said before i hope you've all had a great week this week was really great for me i've you know what have i done first of all for twitter um i if you check out the ttr blog down below this week this week's newsletter i'm going to be talking about why in fact i am trying to grow a Twitter brand and yeah, so go check that out. Um, but I'll give a little bit here. I guess I spontaneously talked about, you know, growing a Twitter brand. I never explained it. And it's really just because once again, as this podcast, I've made it very clear. I want to be financially free and I want to have my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. Like that's, that's the only way I see my life going. And as time goes on and social media and technology evolves, building a brand on social media and having that trust is becoming one of the most valuable things you can do for your business. Not just because it's basically customer acquisition for free, but also because of the social proof it gives you and the the trust that it has and the goodwill spreading good positive a good positive impact amongst the community it's only going to bring you amazing returns and that's why i've started now and i'm only 18 but i've really started to kick it up. I'm at like 47 followers by now and it's going pretty good. I'm I'm posting really consistently every day. But the but what's crazy is that the the Twitter algorithm has complete like it's fucked. I don't know what the hell Elon is doing, but essentially it's like now there's like some stupid things where like everyone's privating their account now because apparently that puts you higher on feeds and also like Everyone's asking questions because when you reply to when you get replies under your tweet, like you get so much engagement. I don't really care. I'm not looking for followers now. I'm not looking for a brand and an audience now. I'm really just looking for the long haul. I'm here for 10 years and I'm going to outlive and outdo with my consistently. I'm going to outdo any type of algorithm, algorithmic volatility to come. So I don't really care. But yeah, point is, I've been posting a lot. I've also, this week, tried to apply to jobs. Oh my gosh, I, <laughs> if, you listen, if you're listening here from last week's 
podcast episode, you will know I, at the end, I told the story about the, this employer from my interview that he told me I wasn't ready. Now, let me tell you this. When I actually, I, I, I told you I had an, uh, the second interview with him this Friday, this past Friday. And let me tell you, that interview went, I don't know how it went because I didn't fucking show up. Look, you're probably cringing hearing this, but although the appointment was set for 1 to 1.30 p.m., I, for some reason, put it in my calendar as 1.30 p.m. to 2, and I literally spent so much time preparing for it, like researching the company, and like I put a fucking suit on all to get on the computer it was 127. Go to the email with the link, and it fucking said 1 to 1.30 p.m., and my heart just dropped. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do anything about it, but damn, I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. I ruined my chance. I had such a... I literally was given a second chance, and I ruined it, but whatever. It's fine. Uh, I sent an email, obviously, like, very formal, like, asking... If he can reconsider, but I understand that that's sort of stuff that one's striking you out, let alone two. So it's okay. But yeah, uh, this week I've also been doing a lot for school. So I've been busy, pretty busy with that. So I, I haven't put too much time towards my business or whatever. But the two main things I wanted to talk about, one is for Twitter. If any of you are going to start a Twitter brand, hopefully you can go to the newsletter that I posted um, this Sunday and will be convinced to start one of your own. And if you do, I recommend that maybe not when you start out, maybe after a month or so, you get this thing that I found called Tweet Hunter. And it's a it's a software as a service, a SaaS, that was made by like this huge Twitter motherfucker. Like I think he has like 200, 600K subscribers, I mean followers or whatever. And it's basically like a, like a, a software for Twitter people where you can like schedule tweets and you can like use AI to like rewrite tweets and like, Oh, and it also gives you like viral tweets from like a couple years ago and like AI like repurposes it. Oh, and that's like another thing. If you're getting into the online world, uh, this is not formatted at all. By the way, this, this, this last portion of the podcast is never formatted. I just talk about whatever's on my mind. But point is if you're into the online world at all, one of the biggest like secrets that I used to think was a taboo, but is actually like just what you got to do. You got to repurpose your content because it's impossible to to be creating stuff for like three years, four years, five years straight. So I, I'd say every like six months or so, just like repurpose your repurpose your content, put stuff out there because you grew in followers and the followers you have now didn't see the stuff from before. So there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. That's the point. This this software is like honestly amazing. Like you can schedule tweets. It like gives you recommendations. It also like it does so much. Tweet Hunter and it's like 40 bucks a month and it's pretty pricey for me as a college student, but that's okay. I just like canceled like the subscriptions for like soccer that I watch and I'll just pirate it, so it's fine. But point is this has made my job a lot easier. I'm not going on Twitter and writing that very moment. I'm scheduling them ahead. And in fact, I'm ahead by like four days right now. And it's really great. 
But yeah, the second thing that I wanted to talk about is some changes that are actually going to happen for my brand. The TTR podcast, the Tired to, Repo- Tired to Retire podcast is going to stay the same because it's fairly new and we'll see. But I'm going to change the TTR blog. Um, first of all, I'm going to change the name or first of all, I'm going to move platforms because over this week I've started to realize like the potential that I can really take this newsletter and building an email list. Like I already have like 55 subscribers, which isn't bad, which, and it's not amazing either, but by the end of this year, if I have like 5,000, I want to have 5,000, if I have 5,000, like that's a considerable audience that like I can get sponsorships on if I have my business and I could just get a like even a couple people to buy from me. Like those are leads that I've nurtured simply through just talking about what I love. It this is I'm so happy that I literally what was it, seven months ago, I just picked up my computer and after watching an Ali Abdal video, just started a Substack. But point is I'm switching platforms. And I've done some research. I I thought what I was saying was that in this past week, I I haven't really put thought into like what, how to optimize my newsletter. And so I was like, wait, is is the is the newsletter platform that I'm using even any good? And I started doing, it. and apparently, like Substack is pretty bad, bro. And it, it's it, it's. It's bad just because it's pretty basic and it's a good place to start. So if any of you are thinking about starting newsletters of your own, it's a great place to start just because it's very simple. You don't have to edit a lot of things. But once you get a sort of knowledge about like landing pages and analytics and stuff like that, you will start to notice that Substack isn't the best. And so after a lot of extensive research, I found that ConvertKit was the best one. And so... Starting next week, I will migrate all of my stuff onto ConvertKit. And so any of you subscribed to the TTR blog will still, nothing will change for you except I will be sending from a different email, but it'll still be the same thing. You'll still be subscribed because I'm importing, exporting the list. Um, But any new subscribers, I'm going to have a new landing page. I'm going to have, and something that's, you know, more me, something more customizable, not something that Substack like previously made for me. So I'm excited for that. Um, And yeah, these are the kind of sorts of things that I want to document. I want to leave it out there. So if any of you want to get a newsletter out there, I would definitely recommend ConvertKit. It definitely looks like the best. And yeah, and I'll let you guys know about my experience until then. So yeah. um, Yeah, if you do want any tips on starting a newsletter, you can obviously leave a comment and I'll obviously um, reply, but I also on my Twitter, I'm very active on there. And that's something that I do talk about a lot because that's something I do have, even though not very much and not too much accolades. I do have experience in say what you want. Fuck you. It's experience. So I talk about tips about running a newsletter and stuff like that. That's actually the, that's the tweet that I have scheduled for Sunday. So. Yeah, and I think that's it. That's really what I've done this week. This week has really been about Twitter. I've also, oh, I've also been, I've put put so much thought 
I've been terrorizing myself with what business I want to, you know, open. And I, I feel like I'm in this sort of buffer zone where I don't know what market I'm appealing to yet. Even like with the, even with this, the podcast, like, I don't know what market, like, yes, I'm like, I feel like I'm stretched everywhere. Like, I feel like I'm talking about business, self-improvement. I'm talking about fitness. I'm talking about mental health, psychology, like so many things. I'm not dialed down. And so I guess that's what I'm in. I'm in the progress. So in the next coming weeks, we'll probably see some changes. I'll probably be a lot more specific about the things that I talk about and be more niche. That way I can appeal to a certain customer more. So we'll see how things go. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Like I said, please leave a review. It's what gets me out there. And if you enjoy my content, then you want me to get out there. But yeah, uh, but yeah. so once again, make sure you check out the TTR blog down below and Twitter's, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of that, posting there regularly. So yeah, see you guys next week.